0: Chapter 17. The White Spring. After leaving Bly Bond, we have a conference in the street. Which first? Ailsa says. Lacose shrugs. Red powder? I shake my head. White powder? It must be in the spa where the white spring rises. We know where that is. Lacose and Ailsa stand together. Why not the red? It's probably inside Chalicewell Gardens. That's where the iron spring rises. Yes, but the white spring is more accessible. There's a pause. I say, I'm right, aren't I? Ailsa smiles. Makes sense. LeCose grudgingly agrees. I still think he doesn't like me getting my own way. Or Ailsa agreeing with me. Okay, he says. White spring. We look at the sky. The sunshine has gone and clouds have gathered. It'll be dark before too long. Once we make our way to the white spring, it's 5pm. The day has now grown very overcast and rain threatens. I figure we have around an hour at best before it's completely dark. The attendant is sitting there in the door in his municipal uniform, looking as glum as ever. He checks his watch as we approach. Elsa beams at him, but he doesn't crack a smile. Can we have three tickets to go into the baths, please? she says. We shut at five-thirty. You've only got half an hour. He studies us suspiciously. You haven't got no bathing suits? No, Elsa smiles to win him round. Can we hire some? And towels, too? The attendant nods grumpily and stands. that will be sixpence. Each. We pay our money, and he issues us three paper tickets. Then he rummages around in the back office at the entrance to the spa. Coming out, he presents us each with a white towel tightly rolled and held in place by his thumb. They contain black swimsuits, a full swimsuit for Ailsa, and two pairs of swimming trunks. Men and women in separate spas, he grunts and watches us step past him. Lucose gives him a mock salute as he goes by, and we enter the swimming baths. The place is ominously empty. It's lit only by candles that flitter and gutter in their holders. Ailsa wrinkles her nose. This doesn't look or smell like a normal swimming bath. What is that smell? I say, trying to follow my nose to its source. Incense, Ailsa says, pointing. A brass, Indian-style incense burner sits on a cube of rock at the edge of the stone basin that contains the first of the pools. Smoke rises and the burner is surrounded by withered roses, small coins and glass beads left as if in offering. It stinks, Lacose says. It's supposed to be spiritual, I guess. I look round. Water drips from the ceiling. Despite the Victorian facade outside, the interior looks ancient, as if it had been carved from the rock by prehistoric people. There are small, individual pools, dotted around the interior, and water flows from one to the other. I guess you can sit in them and take the healing water if you like. I bend down and test the temperature. Ailsa does the same. Cool, but not cold. I taste the water on my fingers, but it merely tastes slightly chalky. Ailsa says, it's warmer than I'd expect if it had just flown from under the hill. Maybe there's some volcanic activity, Lacose says. I snort. In Somerset? I'm being a smartass and I know it. He shrugs. I don't know the area. I'm French. I hadn't realised he was French, though I probably should have from his name. I peer further into the spa where a tunnel leads deeper into the hill. We paddle through water about an eighth of an inch deep, our shoes splashing. The water leaves a white stain on my black shoes. Leaving the entrance spa with its small pools, we go down the corridor. The women's changing room is on the left and the men's. On the right, I stop, hesitant. Ailsa slaps me playfully on the shoulder. We're not really going to change you, ninny, I blush. Of course, I knew that. No, you didn't, Lukose says laconically. They walk on and I follow. The air is chilly now, and a draught blows from further down the passage, I see a faint cloud of my breath. Running water sounds come from everywhere, and dripping echoes from the recesses of the cavern that look less and less man-made, the further we progress. As I'm not going to use them, I put down my towel and swimming trunks, and the others do the same. Ahead of us, a curtain of coloured ribbons flutters, screening off the view of the passage that leads deeper into the spa. Ailsa lets the ribbons flow through her fingers. They're the colour of peacock's feathers. I take it we go further in, Lacose says. I study the floor. This white residue can't be the white powder, it's too easy. Maybe the powder itself is further into the caves. Maybe we can dig it, or harvest it from there. You tell us, you're the alchemist, Lacose says. Hardly. I only have forty points in alchemy, it doesn't make me an expert. You're an expert to us, my dear, Ailsa says sweetly. We push our way through the coloured ribbons and see a spiral stone staircase leading down. I'm still tentative. I I guess the source of the spring must be down there. Ailsa switches on her clairsentience. She has more ability in this than I do, so I guess she senses things other than colours. With her eyes going dreamy, she says, there's an opening down there, uh, like a doorway. A door? No, different. It leads elsewhere. An opening. Sounds like a door. Lacose is a ass now. She shoots him a sharp glance, and I see his expression. He doesn't like to upset her. He says, Do you think the white powder's down there? I've already suggested that, but he waits on Elsa. She nods, and we descend. The sound of our shoes echoes in the hollow stone space, and everywhere we go, we're accompanied by the sound of water dripping and running. It seeps from the walls, and the walls are stained white. I scrape a wall with my nail, and it comes back white. The stairs descend for a long way, and we must be halfway down, when Lacose looks up over his shoulder. There's someone following us, he says. Probably the attendant, Ailsa says, I joke. Maybe you paid him too much, Ailsa, and now he's running after us with our change. She giggles. The image makes me laugh too, but Lacose tilts his head. He's stopped. He must realise we're listening for him. I'm not sure there is anyone following us, but there's no point standing here. Let's go down, I say, and I take up my browning, just in case and I see Le take his pistol out too. Ailsa frowns, I think you're overreacting, boys. I doubt there'll be anything down here, maybe some school party that's got lost from their trip to the swimming baths, or some old ladies here to honour the gods. I'm still looking behind, though I can't hear anyone. The alertness has spooked me. Yeah, but which gods, he says. We arrive at the bottom of the stairs. We must be a hundred feet down now. The path goes on in front of us and is clearly now a natural fissure in the rock. Natural, but widened by men. The feeling of age is palpable. Lacose points to the sandy floor. Lots of feet going this way. I look and stare at the prints. And some of them not human. You observe something triflingly odd. Minus two sanity. I sigh. I don't want to lose more sanity. I shudder. The soma is definitely wearing off now. Cowper didn't approve of it, so I wonder where I can get a hit in this one-horse town. Then, I know, Mervyn Girdrock probably has plenty, as long as I become his friend. Lacose and Ailsa move on. I'm still gripping the browning, and my palm is sweaty. I think I hear something. A low voice. But then that could be the voices starting to mutter in my head from lack of soma and declining sanity. We're walking faster now along the level passage. A string of underpowered electric bulbs leads all the way down. It feels like the rock is crowding in above us. I'm feeling nervy, looking into the shadows, and I want to get the white powder, then get out, as fast as I can. I sense my companions feel the same way. The tunnel twists and turns until any sense of direction I have is lost, and it starts going down more steeply. I wonder whether we now face north, east, south, or west. I have no idea. We must have walked around a mile underground. On the floor, I still see the marks of many feet, as if this is a way of pilgrimage, and has been for centuries. The string of electric bulbs leads us on, like with Theseus going into the minotaur's lair. Then we arrive at a place where a stream cuts in from the side and flows down the middle of the passage. The water leaves its thick residue of white. I stoop again to test it to see if this is the white powder. Some comes off, but it's still normal calcium, the sort that makes plaque on your teeth. We've walked a long way, with nothing to show. Shall we go on? Ailsa says. Lacoste shrugs. What choice do we have? I say, I vote we go on. Let's find what we came here for. We start off, but after three paces, Lacoste stops again and listens. He's definitely behind us. I hear nothing, but I'm sure he's right. My pistol has been in my hand all this while. I stare into the dark, but I see nothing, and all I hear is the sound of water. If he's here, he's hanging back, like he doesn't want to be seen. Ailsa gives a nervous grin. He's maybe waiting for us to get to a suitable point, then he'll ambush us. Then she stops smiling. We walk on and the stream gets wider and deeper, taking most of the passageway up now. Soon we have to press ourselves against the tunnel wall in order not to plunge our feet into the water. I become obsessed with every echo listening for whoever it is behind us. To my ear, there sounds like more than one creature following. I still haven't told my companions about the Brothers of Shadow and their offer to me. Lacose thinks it's the attendant following us, but I half expect it's the brothers who followed us down here into the earth. For a second, I think maybe I can take them up on their offer and get them to help me obtain the white powder. But what will they do with and Ailsa? I definitely hear footsteps now, not far behind us. I stop. Why don't we hide and wait for them, then we'll jump out and find out what they want and who they are. Laco says, no, let's just get to the end of this tunnel, get the powder, then turn and face whoever it is. His plan makes more sense. Ailsa is looking distinctly nervous now, but she smiles back. When we turn the next corner, the dry path has been washed over by the stream. Without discussing it, we wade ankle-deep through the water noisily, so all chance of stealth is gone. My shoes are soaked and my trousers too, halfway up my calves. The water stains them white but the temperature of the water is pleasant as if we've gone so far into the middle of the earth the water itself is warming up. Soon, the water's knee-deep, and Elsa struggles to wade through it. I wish I hadn't come, she says. Then, from behind, I hear a sloshing sound as something enters the water behind us. It's just yards behind. Unexpectedly, the tunnel opens into a cavern. Lacose flashes his electric torch, but the string of electric bulbs extends even here, though they cast more shadows than light. Here they reveal a cavern shaped like the inside of a furnace. Its wide circular bottom narrows to a rocky throat above. Straight ahead, a mineral deposit of pure white shines in the dull light. The water flows through fissures in the crystalline rock. At last. The water's now thigh-deep, and I wade through it to get to the crystalline structure. Le is by my side with his penknife. He digs into the crystal. It's not calcium, he says. He's right. It's far more crystalline and shiny. The cuboid crystals glitter in the electric light. There's clear evidence men, or at least things with hands, have dug out quantities of this white crystal. We've got nothing to carry it away in, I say. Ailsa smiles. Men, it's a good job you've got me with you. She reaches into her inventory and pulls out a stiff cardboard box. As she steps forward to help I look over her shoulder, Whoever was behind us has not come into the cavern. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll wait for us to come out. I stepped forward to help my friends. With the aid of Lucose's penknife to make the crystal friable and my scrabbling fingers, we put a good quantity, maybe a pound of the white crystal, into the cardboard box. You have obtained the white powder. Plus 1000 XP. We must have all got the same message because says nice. Ailsa throws back her head and shouts up into the cavern, "'Lovely XP!' Her voice echoes from the rock, and makes me nervous about what kind of things down here might be attracted by her yell. "'Enough?' Ailsa asks. "'I don't know. It looks plenty,' then I joke. "'We can always come back.' She twists her face. "'I don't think so.' "'Who's going to take it?' I ask. Lacose has turned round and is staring back into the dark of the cavern entrance. Ailsa offers the box of powder to me.' You're the alchemist. You can make better use of it than me. I take it, but say, don't you want your box back? Don't be so silly, Adam. A sloshing, rushing sound behind causes me to snap my head to see two figures come into the cavern. The first is the bath attendant. He's holding a silver pistol in his hand. The second is far more terrifying. It was once a man and still wears the rags of a uniform similar to the attendant. But instead of arms, it has tentacles. Huge sucker limbs, six of them erupt from the sides and middle of its torso. Its head, that was once human, has melted and flops like burned rubber over its shoulders and chest. With a shriek, the thing launches itself into the attack. You observe something mildly horrific, minus five sanity. I've just time to put the box of white powder into my inventory and steady my gun. Ailsa steps back and stands against the crystal deposit of the white powder. She's still standing in the water, then she moves towards a side tunnel I hadn't previously noticed. Leco shoots the tentacled monster, and it screams in pain as his bullet hits home. The attendant fires his own gun. The bullet strikes a glancing wound against my shoulder. Attendant wounds you, minus ten health. I fire back and hit the attendant full in the chest. My increased pistol skill has resulted in greater damage. I fire twice. You hit attendant for minus twenty health. You hit attendant for minus twenty-two health. The tentacled creature jumps at Lacose and wraps its tentacles around him. A beak appears from its belly, and it pulls him close to bite. Lacose grunts and blood streams over his arm. I fire twice. Critical hit. You hit tentacled aberration for 4 times damage, minus 50 health. Critical hit. You hit tentacled aberration for 4 times damage, minus 52 health. I fire again, causing another 25. The creature screams in pain, but still doesn't die. The attendant is bleeding heavily and his aim is off because of his wounds. He fires at me but misses, the bullet striking the crystalline deposit and knocking off a chunk into the water. It rings like a tuning fork from the bullet impact. I fire at the tentacled aberration and hit it again. It's badly wounded now, and the Coase manages to pull away, holding his bleeding stomach with one hand, while he empties his magazine into the thing at close range. With a wheeze like a deflating balloon, the thing goes down and stains the water black with its demonic blood. The attendant retreats. You helped kill tentacled aberration, plus 100 XP. I then get 75 XP without further warning, and I guess the attendant died out of sight as he was retreating. Leco staggers backwards and sits on the crystalline powder. I go up to him. Damn, I have first aid skills from character creation, but I don't have any first aid kits. He grimaces, nor me. Elsa emerges from the shadows, producing a bandage and some cotton wool. She stares at the water stained with the thing's blood. She wrinkles her nose. Do you think it's safe to use this water to clean the wound? Who knows? Le grunts, give it a try. Ailsa does her best and applies the first day. Le smiles wearily and says, That's restored twenty health. How much damage did you take? I ask. Forty-seven in total. Ouch! Then I remember I have a heal spell. I select it from my hot bar and look at Le trusting my gaze to act as a targeting mechanism. I hit heal on the HUD and a silver glow comes from my fingers. I speak words in Greek, and healing magic affects the coes. He nods his thanks. Another twenty, only seven down. I could heal again? Then I remember it's on cooldown. He shakes his head. No, save your mana, it's not worth it for only seven health. Ailsa looks at the bloody tentacled corpse as it hangs dead in the water. She prods it with the toe of her shoe. What the hell is that thing? I study it and see on my HUD the monster's names come up. Tentacled aberration. Tentacled horrors are once men that have been corrupted by dark energy. We've got the powder, I say. Should we leave? Ailsa gestures. I only went a little way into the tunnel, but there's something up there. Something we have to fight. She tilts her head. I'm not sure. There's a noise like tinkling bells. And I got the impression there's a creature in the corner there. The Coase reloads his pistol, so I do the same. He walks through the water to the cavern entrance and disappears for a short while. And I wonder where he's gone until he comes back holding the silver pistol the guard had. He's grinning. He looks more pleased now than I've seen him all the time we've been playing. Always loot the bodies, he says. He hands me the silver pistol. Tentatively, I put out my hand and he drops it in my palm. Here, you have it. Thanks for the healing. I step back. Are you you sure? It's yours by rights. He shakes his head. No, you have it. You deserve it. And anyway, I'm not really a two-gun kind of guy. I think it looks a bit pretentious. I laugh. But you must think I am. He winks. I check the gun against my wiki and it tells me it's a Walther PPK, James Bond's gun, except James Bond's gun isn't silver. As I weigh it on my hand, I think it does look a mite pretentious. It takes nine millimetre rounds so I could load it from the same box my browning uses. I have about half a box left, I'll need to get more ammunition too. Ailsa's also standing tentatively at the corner of the side tunnel she partially explored. Shall we go and take a look? We've got what we came for. We could leave, I say. She stands with her back to the tunnel. It just feels like there must be something good in there. Call it feminine intuition. Loot? Lucose asks. Who knows? Maybe. I stare back the way we came. It's a long walk, so maybe this side tunnel is a shortcut out. In games like this, the developers sometimes put a portal out to save players the tedium of retracing their steps. I decide to go with them. We creep tentatively along the corridor, Ailsa's in front. There's a tinkling sound from ahead and a strange humming. Then I see, standing there in the light of one electric bulb, is a strange figure. A small woman with black hair stands in the centre of a cave. She's around three feet tall and skinny. As we get closer, I see her eyes are closed, and it looks like she's blind. There's a glowing icon over her head that indicates she's a vendor. The holsters his pistol... I love it when they put Vendor's way down in these dungeons. What on earth would an NPC be doing down here? Ailsa smiles at his joke. It's clearly not good enough to get a laugh. As we approach, the dwarf woman says, I am the queen of doorways. Everything's gonna have its queen, I guess, Laco says. This time, Ailsa giggles, but the woman's voice is chilling. It sounds like the autumn wind through leaves. She says, How can I meet your needs? Ailsa says, what do you have for sale? The woman clicks her fingers and the virtual store inventory appears, glowing in the air between us. I look down the inventory and I see she's selling ammunition of first aid kits. I buy two boxes of 9mm rounds and two first aid kits. I also buy a penknife for good measure because I've seen how useful it can be. On an impulse, I buy an electric torch. It's like I'm copying the The wizened queen has some healing potions. I hope to make my own but haven't got round to it yet so I buy three mana and three health potions. They each heal 50 points, then I'm almost out of cash. She has lots of other items, which are either too high level for us, or we can't afford. There's a selection of potions, but she isn't selling Soma. It still looks like I need to get back to Alistair Crowley for that. When we finish our transactions, the wizened queen says, Will you be travelling to Leng? What's Leng? She says, The frozen peninsula of Leng lies between the worlds. It is in the dreamlands. What's there? asks Ailsa. Great danger. Madness and riches beyond your dreams. The co-says, I like the sound of riches beyond my dreams. Ailsa laughs, danger and madness too. I have some intuition that arises from somewhere I can't place. Some skill I have, maybe. I ask her, is there anything else there? She says, the nameless city is there if you're fortunate enough to find it. Then a dry laugh. Or unfortunate. What's in the nameless city? She says, the palace of Azathoth. The coes look suddenly interested, so that's where it is. What's in this palace, I ask? The queen speaks with a voice like insects running over your skin. Both the cold and the warm can be found by those who know where to look. My heart races. The cold and the warm, she begins to explain. It's what I thought. An insane hope flashes through me. Miranda might be there. Elsa looks puzzled, I explain. This is what happens to those who lose their sanity or their lives. The ones who die become the cold ones, and the ones who go insane become warm ones. Those who die, she says, players, don't you just resurrect? lucose keeps quiet. I look at her. It's true. When you die in game, you don't resurrect. She's speechless, but I'm energised. There's at least a chance I'll find Miranda in the palace of Azathoth. How do we get there, I ask? The queen says, the entrance to the plateau of Leng is a dream, within a dream. More riddles, Le says. I put my hand up to silence him. I want to hear. How do we enter this dream? The Queen produces three small bottles in her hand. An opalescent liquid swirls in them as she holds them up. Each little crystal bottle has a glass stopper. This takes you there. I just want to be sure. So we drink these to enter the dreamlands, the Queen nods. I say, and how much are they? The Queen says, two pounds each. That's it then, I don't have two pounds. But I need to find it, if my hunch about Miranda can possibly be right. I look to Ailsa. She says, I'll buy three, please. Ailsa's kind. She might want to go there herself, but I know she's also doing it for me. I have the bottle in my hand. The Queen raises her finger. They are only of any use when you are near a portal. She gestures behind her, further down the tunnel from where the tinkling noise is coming. The gate is close. We're about to walk off when she says, and you will need these. She's holding three tiny bottles of a sapphire blue liquid. What are those, I ask? Potions to return you from the dreamlands. She smiles again, and I think her blind eyes are watching me. She licks her lips. You wouldn't want to get stuck there. Ailsa buys the sapphire potions. She asks the Queen, so we drink this pearly-coloured potion and walk through the gate to enter the dreamlands. The Queen says, What a clever girl. Ailsa turns. Do you think we'll meet this Azathoth in his palace? He sounds dangerous. Rogue eyes. He could unravel the code that represents us here. Then God alone knows what would happen to our brains sitting there under the neural net. I shouldn't think so. Leco says. As we walk towards the unseen portal, I hear the queen making a dry noise in her throat. Then I realize, she's laughing.